0: friends, it's Sarah May. And today I have a podcast about how to find a therapist. And this is for my friend on SoundCloud. It's a really great question because it's one of those things, you don't really, no one's going to tell you how to do it and you don't really have a resource that's reliable. Like, unless you have a friend that has really great therapist, you're kind of in the dark. So I'm going to lead you through step by step what I think. And it's not... To say that if you have another method that works for you, do it. If you trust somebody else, listen to them. I am just speaking from my personal experience and preference. So, ain't nothing more to it than that. Um, So first, I would start by looking up what your insurance covers. And if you don't have insurance and you're still doing this, awesome. I give you a giant high five. Because this is worth more than any money you will ever spend in the rest of your life. It's worth more than a pair of shoes, a new couch. It's your brain, your soul, your person. This will affect the rest of your life in a wonderful way. Okay, so if you don't have insurance, don't worry about this step. But if you do, just go through the listings of the names and choose um, if there is one particular... I don't know, qualifier and or special specialty. Like if you are looking for somebody with background in alcoholic parents, for example, like look based on those keywords because a lot of the time therapists have specialties. So just look for the big generic blanket statement type of qualifier next to their name or if, they're, if they have keywords. Sometimes you can look up their name one by one by Um, just, like, Googling them, and so sometimes you'll see that they've done some work in a specific area, and it's gonna take some time, but basically copy and paste or print out a giant PDF of everybody within, like, a 10-mile radius, and then go through and, like, Google the ones, um, I know this sounds weird, (laughs) I choose the ones that I like their name, because why not? I'm sure there's some truth to why those stick out to me, but... I think the same is true for you. So I would just start, if you're overwhelmed by the number, start with the people that you actually like the sound of their name and just start Googling. Um, And schedule as many as you possibly can in a month. So no more than one a week, but just try and get at least one booked every single week um, during the first month. And I suggest you go to a minimum of eight total. So book up the next two months, and don't book second appointments until you, like, when you meet the person you really want to be treated by, you will know immediately. It's like meeting a significant other. You're like, oh, I really like this person. It should feel like a lightning bolt kind of thing. Um, so once you have, <laughs> I skipped another part of my random process. But once you find all the names you like of the people, literally, I like to call and listen to their voicemail message with their voice on it. Just decide, like, do they sound nice? Do they sound relatable? Do they sound like they, I don't know, do they appeal to you? I know that's random, but it's like a person's voice can kind of give you a little bit more insight into who they are. Um, And if you are in a part of town that makes it impossible to see any therapist that you might be able to understand you have something in common with or that you might relate to, I suggest you call based on your hometown. I'm just speaking as let's say you're abroad or let's say you are at college and you're in a part of a city that you feel like there are not going to be great options. That is a totally legitimate concern. And I would say find a doctor back home or in a major city and set up. Just leave the voicemail messages and then try and set up a Skype situation so you can do like once a month Skypes or every other week Skypes and then an occasional phone call in the place of that. And you have to ask them up front if they would be willing to do that. And it's better than nothing. It's be- it's, I know it's not ideal, but it's better than nothing. And a great therapist is way better on the phone than a bad therapist in person. So do not... Do not go to a bad therapist. If you are in desperate need of help and you have very few options, I would still say find somebody legit and set up a phone situation with Skypes. Um, So that was just the introduction to the initial search process. And I'm going to go on to what I think is the criteria by which you should measure a therapist. And this is when you've met them for the first time. So I have, I think, I don't know, eight-ish of these. Um, So the first one is someone who can tell you more than you can tell them. And this is the biggest one. This is the most important one on my list. Actually, they're all pretty important. But this is like a huge one because I think this is the biggest reason that most people don't go to therapy that works and they fail. I, I think they end up with somebody who cannot offer them more insight into themselves than what they already know. And then this compounds a feeling of utter hopelessness in your issues and I just want to warn you right now if you're a smart resourceful person you are likely going to meet a lot of people that are not as smart as you are I mean it's not to say they're not smart people but you need a therapist who can see you immediately who can read you immediately and when you start to tell your story they can Already kind of skipped to the end, like you want them immediately to be able to call out something you don't know. And so if you're kind of going through a routine of like, this is my spiel, this is what happened, this is what that meant, da, 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 da. and then they're kind of just nodding along with you, like if you are able to kind of, I don't know, guide the session in a way, like you're, you're with the wrong person. Like you don't want somebody that you are going to just out of habit lie to or want to please because they're so simple that they're like you're you're doing so good. Like you want somebody that's going to be like, "Okay, cut the crap." Is that really true? Like you want somebody that's going to be completely sensitive and aware of other factors, other elements that you are not aware of yet. You want them to be able to tell you something you don't know. And this will usually show up in the first just the very first meeting. So they might have amazing degrees, might have been top of their class but if they're not adept at reading your pain because they're just one-dimensional humans they are not right for you so just use your gut and use your kind of an analytical eye use your assessment hat which is my dating tool but like you're you're pretty much interviewing this person and it's your right to be skeptical so I think you will know within the very first meeting if they can help you or not. And if they don't show any signs of anything different to you or they're not like giving you some window into what it is they're going to offer you that you don't know already, I would say move on. Because this is too pricey to waste time. And it's, it's not about feelings, all right? They're, you're, you're paying them. It's not for, you don't feel bad. Like there are many more out there. Tell them you'll think about it and move on. Don't schedule that second one. Um, Second on my list, relatable. I know this, like, doesn't seem like it should be a priority, but you want somebody who relates to you on a human level. And it's not just somebody who is looking at you like a term from a giant book because they should feel something for you. They should feel like a connection to your issues. They, They should, maybe they don't have to tell you, but they should really understand your pain and not be so distant from it. I think a lot of the time i found, not to sound ageist, this is totally not, this is just my, based on my experience, I found that older uh, therapists or, sorry, psychologists that have been practicing for a very long time, they're just by nature out of touch because of the age difference. And it's like they won't be able to, I don't know, get... Get down to your level, level in a way that I think is really important to connect with a patient in this way. I think they have to understand you in a different way. Um, third on my list, they should show signs of emotional understanding. And they should also be kind. I mean, that's not necessary. Like, if you were to have, like, a total asshole of a therapist, but they were, like, you know tough love and like it was kind of what you needed based on your issues that's kind of awesome. Just this is not a a completely absolute rule, but I think you really need somebody who can feel actual sympathy for your issues and only because it goes a long way in their ability to find like nuanced solutions. I just find that they I don't know they can when they care for you or they are kind humans They bring a lot more, especially when you need someone that gives a shit about you. Like when you really need somebody to not just give you some tools, but like actually care about whether or not you succeed. I think that's a really essential part of this equation. Um, That's just preference. Uh, Fourth on my list, shared values and background. And this is it only comes into play in very specific scenarios. But I think it's important that they can give you guidance that applies to your particular value system and your situation. And it doesn't mean that if you're gay, they have to be gay. But it means they must accept and support your values and lifestyle and not look down on them and try and, you know, secretly try and correct them or think of them as like a disorder. So that's a kind of a severe case, but I think it also is important with things like I guess it's more important that they don't have like a very strong value system that blinds them to being able to relate to you and understand you and accept you and all your beliefs as completely normal and healthy. Um, So fifth on my list, I probably should have put this first or second, but specialization in related topics. So this is not a mandate, but man, oh man, it is huge it's a huge advantage it's a huge plus and you know that's kind of an uncomfortable thing to like talk to a stranger and say like hi i'm i have issues with um my sexuality and like leaving that on a voicemail is icky and uncomfortable but if you find someone that has training in a particular area that you are looking for help in it means they are bringing like eons more experience and information to your sessions like it makes you go a gajillion times faster and it's just like they know they know like a million other situations like yours it's super I think it's really vital like if you do have a particular issue that's like got its own niche listing of psychologists I think it's really really important to start with that list because like it's like going to a whole other, you know, campus of school, like where they just learn about that thing and they just focus on working with people that have that exact same problem. So like go to the experts, go to the people that done the research and written the books, like go to those people first. So for example, if you um, have an eating disorder, or you have problems with food or weight is one of your issues or, you know, unconscious eating, go to a psychologist that has a background with eating disorders and you will move through this way more quickly because of it more value packed in uh next on my list I think this is number six and this one some people will probably debate me on this but this is just based on the ratios game the higher degree the better and I'm not saying go to a psychiatrist because I think they need more school. That is not what I'm saying. I, I just mean psychologist. Go to a psychologist, somebody with a PSYD or a PhD. And I just think you are automatically avoiding a lot of the people that really shouldn't have been allowed to have a certificate that says they're supposed, supposedly an expert on people's issues. Because um, And I'm not trying to suggest that there aren't millions of people who have MFTs. Or MAs or other counseling certificates who aren't amazing and wonderful and great at their job. But in my opinion, when you go to a person with a higher degree, that, like that has been to med school, you're just insured a lot higher level of understanding, a higher level of ethics. Just a, I trust it way more. And I think just there are a lot of people that should not be practicing at all and they can get a certificate in a couple of years and they're just not capable of handling people's lives. And call me snob. I just think it's, you're going to do this. Why not do it the best way possible and just don't leave anything to chance. And if another option, if you have a referral from somebody that you trust, I, I would say go to that person first. Just see if you like them because I, I would trust a friend over, I, w- I would say, most, you know, website reviews. Because there are very few out there that are, like, five-star gems. And it takes some hunting. But when you find them, it's, like, it's such a world of difference. Um, so do your homework. That's all I'm saying. Before you decide on yours. Um, seven on my list. Somebody who does not immediately push you into using meds and I know that depending on your issue that sometimes meds are just part of the healing process and I'm not totally against meds by any means but in my opinion first and foremost you should be doing talk therapy and you should be doing it with a a psychologist and not a psychiatrist. Psychologists will usually refer you to the psychiatrist for meds based on what they learn and what you guys decide together but psychiatrists Are for everyone that doesn't know, they they prescribe medication. And when you go to one, they tend to like to do that. And I think that's like where you end when you don't, when you can't find a workaround and when it makes the most sense for what's going on with you. So if you're working on like venting some issues and you have been kind of, maybe they've just been pent up for a really long time, you want someone who is going to do talk therapy with you and is not going to immediately encourage you to start ingesting medicine Um, they are just more a tool to assist you in managing whatever pain or whatever uh, emotional challenges that might go along with some of this processing so if you are seeing a psychologist and they recommend meds after seeing you for quite a while you are allowed to request alternative solutions and there are lots of them like yoga breathing for example. That's actually used to treat PTSD in the military, which I think is amazing. So if you are finding that people you are seeing are kind of absolute about your going on meds, I think you can look into other options on your own, do your homework, and just whatever you do, you have to put something into action and you have to build your own version of that yourself. I would say just try out all the other options you can and know that you should not be forced to do anything you don't want to do. Because your self-care is yours to design and build the way you want it. But if you're depressed and there are chemical processes at play, you have to do something to treat the chemicals. And so if it's not going to be this other process that you figure out on your own, you've got to be put on, like, you have to take the meds. So trust your doctor, but don't rush into anything. You have to treat the chemicals. Otherwise, it's like... I don't know if you've seen The Sopranos, but when you are um, seeing a doctor under like the negative pretenses, like if you're experiencing all the negatives while you're seeing this doctor, you're affirming the kind of vices by doing so. I don't know if that made sense, but moving on, number eight, someone who has clear and strict boundaries. And this is sad, but this is a real thing. There are doctors who do not adhere two firm ethics that are just set up by the the certificate they have on their wall like practicing psychology has a a lot of very very strict rules that are set up for very good reasons so you do not want a doctor who is very clearly um, operating in the gray areas you want somebody who has a very strong and strict moral ethical code. And I don't mean they can't allow you to call them when it's an emergency. Like, I just mean they can't, they can't do stuff like that compromises the patient doctor relationship. Like they can't invite you to their birthday party. They can't like hang out with you on weekends. They can't ask you out on a date. They can't hit on you. They can't tell you stuff about their other patients. Like they should not be crossing any boundaries like that, which is a bummer if you love your Psychologist or your therapist, but you are uh, in a very vulnerable position based on this relationship. And it's their responsibility to protect you even more so than is necessary. Like, they are, if they are doing anything that's not, doesn't seem kosher, like immediately right off the bat, that is a warning sign that's that points to other bigger problems with their ethics, and I just say that's a no-go. This is your being at stake. This is your person at stake. And if they're not capable of protecting you through this and you don't feel like you completely trust them, then don't, don't do it. You want people who are going to basically, like, take care of you if you're passed out cold and not, you know, take advantage of you in any way because it's very easy for a doctor to manipulate somebody that is extremely vulnerable so this is a message for everybody but I would say also especially for the ladies all right you're moving on next on my list um somebody who doesn't bring personal problems to the table and in other words it's you need somebody that has your best intentions or your best interests at heart and you'll be able to tell that, this, that something's off and, and it'll, it'll come in the form of like your feelings. Like you'll have, you'll have the sense that something is clearly negative and it's not tough love, but it's somebody who makes you feel bad about yourself and not empowered or not good about yourself. And it's just like, it's just human nature. I mean, doctors are human. And they're flawed. And hopefully they can leave most of their issues at the door. But sometimes that's not the case. And it's your responsibility to be conscious of this. And don't let them, don't let this damage you. Because there are a lot of people out there, a lot of doctors out there who have their own issues. And when they don't have a strong core, like they're they're not completely confident. And they're maybe not stable in their personal life. Or maybe they have some sort of, you know, heightened, godlike complex because of their position, they get swept up by the idea of their role when they're treating you. And so the short of it is a weak ego can cause you emotional harm and the opposite of good. And I've seen this in my own experience with more couples counselors than anything else, which shouldn't probably, but I blame the degree that they have because it's less schooling. But I'm sure it's not the real cause. I think it's just about... The ratio of how many doctors are out there and how many are not going to be the best of the best. Because look at just how many bad restaurants there are. Of course, not all of them are five stars. Anyway, hopefully, people out there will out the negative ones on social media, like a reviews site, but absolutely always be on the lookout for somebody who is not being supportive and loving to you and maybe is making you feel worse or judging you uh, in, a, in a way that's not helpful to you. So just If somebody is making you feel weak and not empowering you and not making you feel seen and understood or like giving you any kind of hope or understanding, um, who is kind of driving you, you know, into worse behaviors, or maybe they're making you fight more with your spouse or is like blaming you or trying to create more of a rift. Like it's all subjective and this is all for you anyway. So listen to that. And don't go back again. Because I find that the more you engage with the doctor like this, the more power and control you hand them. And that's just if it's not working for you, if you don't feel good, if it's making you feel worse, don't go back. Um, Next on my list, I'm gonna say this is 10, maybe, or eight, nine. I shouldn't number these. Um, You want somebody who calls you out on your shit. I know this sounds weird but like you want somebody who can is strong enough and stern enough to confront you and hopefully they will do it in the first meeting but if it's not that kind of situation let's say your issues are like you're in a lot of pain and you are suffering and you you need a gentle kind of hand holding like that's not going to sh- probably happen to you but you kind of want somebody that's going to stop you from the typical, like, going through your excuses and complaining and creating, you know, walls of, like, it's, you have a lot of belief systems that need to be undone. And so you want somebody that's going to call out when you are making excuses and is going to, like, confront you with your own bullshit and, like, tell you what needs to change. And that, I think, you just basically need somebody that's got a spine and a and a backbone that allows them to, like, draw the line. Because I think there are a lot of very, very kind and loving therapists and psychologists out there that would, that just don't want to, like, say anything too mean. And they don't want to, like, you know, they just want you to be, they want to hear about your successes and they, like, when... You set up that kind of dynamic. It's like you almost don't want to tell them anything to disappoint them. It's almost like they tell you with their own behavior. Like, don't tell them anything bad because I just want to be positive. So I think you want somebody that's not afraid to, like, make you not their friend. Quite simply. I probably should have connected this to the someone who knows more than you do one. But it's a little bit different. Um, And then the last on my list, this is one for you. And... It's for you to think about while you hopefully choose a therapist and start going through therapy. You decide what you are going to get out of this. And this process is for you. So don't lump it all on the shoulders of the therapist. Like you have to have a a clear set of goals or of issues that you want to address in your life and just make it clear to yourself and to your therapist that that is going to be the goal of the work you're going to do. And don't kind of put no time limit on it for yourself just because not because you can't probably do this forever, but it's like you want to work on this. I mean, this is a lot of time. It's a huge investment of of money and also just time and just get in the habit of moving towards something like really dig in and be aggressive about it and commit and just go all in Like you don't want to get in the habit of just walking in and kind of like plopping on the couch and complaining about all the general stuff in your life that's not quite right. Like it's a waste of your time and your money. So just make this count. Like when you start therapy, just really know what it is is in your life causing you the most hurt and holding you back emotionally and make it a clear goal for yourself to tackle that thing and just go after it. And I don't mean you have to like jump in and expose all the most vulnerable things like the first meeting or anything like that. You definitely get comfortable with somebody, but how, wor- how well this therapy works is up to you. And it's you, you decide how fast you are going to work through this. And I say, be aggressive, like fully commit, fully invest, immerse yourself once you find a really good doctor, trust them and commit to the process by being honest and dedicated to what they're asking of you and make your appointments. Do not get in the habit of like accidentally flaking, but it's, it's totally not accidental. Like this is extremely valuable and precious and it's such a gift to have access to it at all. So like, don't take it for granted. It'll pay you back. If you do this right, it'll pay you back forever and ever and ever. It's an amazing, wonderful thing you could do for yourself. And if you don't do it, you eventually, it just becomes a part of you. Not to freak you out, but like, now is the time. Now while you are aware that you have some stuff to work on, get it done just get it done and over with and like you will reach a whole new epic level in your life that you get to spring forth from and move to even greater heights in your life so I hope this helps and I want to remind you that this is just my personal opinion so take from it what helps and leave the rest and I don't want to talk you out of any therapist that you love Or tell you that they're less because they don't have the highest degree or whatever. This is all personal. And you decide how to live your life. You decide what's right for you and what's helpful to you. And if you're happy the way it's going or maybe it's what you think doesn't align with what I've said, then don't abandon your gut. This is just to help you with what I know and what I believe. So with that, I hope you go for it. And I'm excited for you like that you're thinking of this because it's the best money you will ever ever invest. It's like ah, it's just the best thing you could ever do for yourself. It's not a piece of furniture. It's your person. It's your being. And that value will translate into everything in your life and to everyone in your life. It'll translate to happiness and health and your ability to support and give love to everybody around you. So I send you my love and vibes of positivity. And if you have time, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. It's super, super important to me, and I love to read them. And if you haven't already, please enter um, the Headspace contest. I'm doing a contest with Headspace for a year um, of meditation. So, uh, And that is if you're listening to this recording in the months of April to uh, end of June 2015. So. Hopefully, that's when we're hearing this. And, um, alrighty, don't forget to smile. Seeking the truth never gets old.